All right, look at this. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Whopping Cheers. 2023. Whopping 2023. The Ritz-Carlton Bacara Resort. Oh, yeah. And this is fun because I haven't seen Jeremy R.H. Drexel in a while. I mean, it was like that. It was a long time. It was a, some fundraiser at the Oyster Ridge. Correct. Pre-COVID. Yep. And oh, wow. Stanley from Top introduced himself to me. I don't know. You, you must have already known him because you were on the tip of it. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because I think you were like, you got to try this Syrah. you got to get into this wine. And that must have been like four or five years ago, right? It was. It was. I think I gave you a, uh, did I give you a taste of on that You night? did give me a taste that of That Robert in. Parker gave to me, I think. I still have it in yeah. my, in, and I, I was like so taken back by this. So a taste of in is one of those it looks like some ice that a wrapper would wear. It's a chain, but it's what what sellers, what winemakers back in the day would use to. What oh, sellers oh, yeah, or some, yeah, right? Yeah, some sommeliers, yeah. Yeah, sommeliers. Yeah. So it's a little like tin kind of thing. Yeah. So she's got this one on her neck. She like it was almost like da 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 da. da. It was such a, so beautiful. And then she puts it on my neck like it's a gold medal and like she gifts it to me. It was the sweetest thing ever. And I just thought that was the nice thing. I literally still and have you know, it in my closet. All right, oh, you know gosh. what the funny yeah. thing is? Adam is terrible. He loses everything. No, but I, he lost it that night. He no. never even got it. <laughs> no. It's really cool. And cool. Robert Parker gave that to you. That's, yeah, and when I was in my 30s, I think, yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah, what yeah. made you give that to me then? Yeah, no I just liked no. your vibe. I liked your smile. And I, I, you just seemed so genuine. And oh. I, I guess my heart led with it, you know? All yeah. right, that's so cool. Yeah. Talk to me about what you've been up to of late as far as uh, writing or writing for Jeb Dunnick. Yeah, I'm writing for Jeb Dunnick. I write for uh, The Wine Independent, which is Lisa Parati-Brown's new publication. And I'm delighted, actually, to be asked to be here today because my most recent interview was with Haleotide for that publication. Okay, when we talk to, and we're going to get into Lucas in a second, Lucas and Haleotide is here. When you talk about a brand like this, you drink wine from all over, sparkling from all over. You're Mm -hmm. very, you know, you've got your ear on the pulse of what's going down. What are some of the thoughts that you take away from a Haleotide and what they've been able to do of late? It was a total surprise, mind blown. Uh, you know, of course, lovely things being done on the Central Coast. That's, that's um, established. But I've had a lot of sparkling wines from California. We all have. And uh, some of them are better than others. But I haven't had anything. I, I mean, I'm not a Francophile. In fact, I think there are a lot of Chardonnays and Pinots that are much better from here than from France. But when it comes to Champagne, I'm a Francophile. I guess I am. But then I had Haleotide, and I thought, okay, here we are. The taste of California in a really fine, sparkling wine, and it was, it was fantastic. Define that, the taste of California. Taste of coastal California. So the coastal influence, the Haleotide wines all have a signature that's kind of salinity, a minerality. Um, right. They're very elegant. And so uh, it's a signature all of its own. You know, it's not like it's trying to be France, uh, but it's uh, perhaps paying homage but it's it's a whole new but paradigm. It's, all their own. it's a whole new paradigm. You know, yeah, it's Lucas, very exciting. I, Lucas is just giddy right now. <laughs> this is crazy. To hear. I mean, this Drex will say this about your wines. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we do pour everything into what we do, whether it be raising our kids or farming or making wine, and just to to hear other people in the industry enjoy it so much is it's yeah. The, it's better than selling all the wine. I mean, this is what you know. Sitting here with you guys makes it worth. Every, every bit of effort. There is something <laughs> elevated in the way your soul kind of catches appreciation from someone who knows this, does this, is a part of this. Yep. Having your colleagues or folks in the biz kind of warm up to what you're doing with as much, if not more, enthusiasm than just a consumer, it means a lot, doesn't it? It does. It really does. And it, it, it's in part because 
people in the industry are tasting all the time, and we're evaluating everything that we do all the time. Your food, your coffee, you know, we've been over this, and it's, it's just exciting to see people appreciate uh, the hard work and what we do, and, you know, we sacrifice our weekends. This is what we're doing on our weekends. Nicole's there during the week riddling and doing other things, and then last Sunday we were disgorging because we do it all by hand. It's a handmade project, and... It is so fun oh, to see Oh, I saw your little things. girl on the Insta story oh, yeah. riddling up. Oh, adorable. my God, that great? That's yes. so cute. You yep. know, I, I wish we could have Nicole here, but obviously we're at an event. She's pouring right now. Talk about what you poured in our glass right now, then we'll get into what made you guys make the jump to go to Sparkling. Because so, it's not something that a lot of people are ready to – I mean, it's, it's a big adventure. It is a big adventure. So this is a 2019 Haleotide Extra Brut Rosé, 4 grams per liter dosage. Um, it comes from the Topotero Vineyard, and Ben and Courtney have been friends of ours. It's their personal vineyard. Ben farmed at Tally for a long time, um, and – he offered us some fruit. He gave us a few clones to choose from, and we chose this 113 clone. And uh, the idea was, you know, we're trying to put our best foot forward. And Nicole's history is Domain Carneros for a while. Um, that's where she really got the bug uh, for making sparkling wine. And, and at that point, I was starting a business in Santa Cruz, going back and forth between Napa and Santa Cruz. But every time I'd visit Nicole, she would have samples. She'd bring home cap sample bottles. And that's what really ignited the whole, man, maybe we should do this. We could do this. We tr- sparkling wine is, should be a daily thing. It's not, a, it's not just celebratory. Amen. Right, right. It is, it's so easy to pair a food. It, it, it's refreshing. It's, yeah, it, it's everything that we really appreciate about wine kind of in a very simple uh, presentation so that is done. About, we try and execute really well. We're talking about Avila Beach. We're talking Avila Beach. Yeah, sure. next Tomatero. to Bassey. Yeah, yeah. How, how familiar RH are you to Avila Beach? I mean, we know Mike Steiner's been doing some stuff there, but, I mean, it's still fairly new, right? It is, and, th- and that's really cool, too. It's like it, you can never know California. There's no – if someone says they're an expert in California wine, I don't believe them because there's always something to discover. Right. And this is all new to me, which is at 58 years old, and I've been doing this since 21. This is great to discover new stuff. So I hadn't, no, yeah, I don't, it didn't, all I know about Avila is uh, great white sharks and stay out of the water. Well, talk about <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Old school. Right? You're right. Old three exactly. reference. Uh, talk that. about this wine and, and, and how you kind of received it. This is the first time you've had it this weekend, I would imagine. It, well, I, I think I tried this one recently because I interviewed them. The way it strikes me is just that it has that lovely echo of the yeast, you know, sort of the, that sort of yeasty brioche, a little hazelnut that you get sometimes in the French, but then all this lovely fruit, lovely bubbles, acid, it's balanced. That's all I, I mean, it's perfectly balanced. I was talking to Madeline from Wine Folly, and one of the things mm, she said she's was, great. was really cool interviewing her. She, she was real about this candid as it gets in that combo. And one thing she said was, and I don't, I'm going to put it inartfully, because the way she put it was like, as many years as I've been in this, and as many years as you've been in this, I know still I have the rest of my life to still learn yeah. about wine. Yeah. Like, I will never know all I want, all I can, and I have a lifetime of absorbing everything I can about this beautiful juice. Yes, and it's a prism to meet people, a prism to discover a new place, right. a prism when you travel, you can discover a new land or Oregon or whatever yeah. through the wine. So it's a great way to get to learn about life, even, you know. Let me ask you, Lucas, when you have a brand like this, it's hitting good, things are nice, you've got great sourcing is it just like okay look we can only do a finite amount let's maintain and do what our our you know consumers are into or is it like you know i'd really like to try and this or that and really almost reach out and know that people are likely going to try it and accept it anyways so it's a mixture of both 
because you want to execute at a really high level, um, in the coming vintages, there are a few new vineyards that we're going to try. Um, some have performed better than others, and some age longer than others. Um, but it's really, for us, it's about sourcing fruit as close to the ocean as possible. And the Topatero vineyard is actually closer than the Stolo. Most people don't think about that. Stolo is really close to the coast up in Cambria. These guys are a mile and a half from the ocean. Um, and if we can find all of our fruit from about that far away from the ocean, I think we're going to, you know, it's, it's going to be good. High acid, um, more of a traditional style, less oxidation, and that's, I don't know. It's finding places too, right? Like Finding places, finding friends and new people places. who can actually respect how we want to farm as well. Like, yeah. you know, Steve up at Derby. These guys have had Bassies, Biodynamic. <laughs> that's the guy that eats rocks. Oh. <laughs> He's a soil scientist. He, yeah. he, yeah. Taught, oh, for he taught sure. us to literally yeah. eat sand. Yeah. That would be Steve. Steve's yeah. awesome. I mean, you would find chanterelles. Steve and I have been hunting, uh, <laughs> well, we've been hunting pigs and chanterelles and all that up at the Derby Vineyard. And it's, cool. that is a wild place. It's so exciting exposed to the ocean and you have zebras and there's just I mean it's just a really really cool you can spot the whales in the ocean from the vineyard and to be able to find something like that and then Steve is super respectful of of, like no herbicide use he changed some of his farming practices for us just to be respectful because he also really wants to highlight his farming because it's kind of a collaboration to make sure that our project is single vineyard, single site location, single vintage, and you can really kind of. You guys have tasted the eighteen and nineteen today. Yeah, both similar vein, but very strikingly different in in uh, how they come across. Um, it's it's absolutely amazing, and you know what's really great is I feel like everything you guys do is amazing. Like I think you guys are a great couple. You're a great family. Obviously, you make a great team. But what what made the jump to sparkling? Nicole's the winemaker. You're the grower. Haleotide is the brand. We're yep. drinking the uh, 2019. This is from Avila Beach. Like, what led you to go sparkling all of a sudden? Because you were doing so well with, you know, cooler climate oh, yeah. and, and pretty no noirs and things like that. For sure. I mean, it was Nicole's background up in Napa with uh, Domaine Carneros. But then it was like, what do we want to do ourselves? What could we see consuming ourselves daily if we wanted to? Um, let's roll the dice and let's see. In 2016, we made our first vintage Blanc de Blanc from... Stolo, and we had the winery there. There was space for us to store stuff for an extended period. And really, if we, we, we feel so responsible when we're working with people or for people that we don't want to waste their money. If this is a project that's going to fail, I'd rather we would rather dump our funds into uh, living the dream rather than have somebody spend so much time with their investment and have it not be the product that they want. But it was a roll of the dice at first. It started to work. I remember the first time we put things into Tourage, we would we had popped a few bottles about a month after we put them into Tourage, and that's not long enough to get bubbles. And we freaked out. Oh, it was no. just like, oh, gosh, this should be going faster. Oh, my gosh. And then we just put it away for a few months, and then it was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then as you see it age over three years in Tourage, it's like, oh, all right, it's gaining the characteristics wow. of a more vintage champagne right. or something like that. And... Yeah, it, it, oh. it's, just, I mean, it's just, just rewarding. You were doing so well, and you're very successful yeah. with what you've done, and then, like, this is a big step, right? It is like, a big step. I, mean, people, a, I think people need to understand that. This isn't sure. just like, oh, we're going to make a sparkling. Oh, right? anytime you go out yeah. on your own and just you say that well, big that, step off the that let's sparkling do this. is a whole nother oh, for sure. Oh, man, the glass is super expensive. The corks are super expensive. We have custom, you know, every bit of the packaging's custom. That's family who did the pictures. Uh, Nicole is... I mean, everybody who knows Nicole, Nicole, she's she's a detail-oriented person. She's also a perfectionist, and it's not to a fault. She knows how to balance the perfection with with life, real life, because it's like... 
Well, you, you just consider how many times this bottle before it gets presented, uncorked, and released to the public. How many times your hands, Nicole's hands, maybe you're a family yeah. member, someone's hands have been on this bottle. It's crazy. When we were discouraging on Sunday last week, I was just going through the math in my head, and it's between 30 and 40 touches for each bottle with riddling, tirage, wow. movements, and then discouraging and hand polishing. I mean, we're sitting there, we, we discourage, and then we go and we clean every bottle by hand, Nicole so and I. So we're just kind of sitting there, no we're like, way. oh, you know what, we should probably do this. Uh, let's get these all ready to go. So, yeah, it's, it, oh, it gets man. touched a lot. Lucas Pope, he and his wife, Nicole Pope, have Haleotide RH. I'm excited to know what has been lighting you up of late as far as wine writing. What are we? Obviously, we just talked to Lucas and Nicole with Haleotide. What are some of the things that maybe just wine has you thinking of, things that have you know struck you of late? Yeah, I'm really interested right now in the culture of wine and in talking to people who are interested in not only building brands but building relationships with their customers, offering them interesting experiences, really developing a culture the way that people in Europe do kind of develop an extended family and the winery becomes that. I think we do that very well in California and it excites me that younger people are creating these really cool you know, uh, dance parties on Friday night at a tasting room and different things. I mean, it doesn't feel gimmicky because everyone is passionate about it, but I, I really enjoy the, the younger generation and the pioneers as well. Talk about how that generation buys and also tastes. It feels like a generation now is coming up that Shoot, when Jeremy and I were young, we didn't have kombucha running across yeah. our palate, yerba mate. I mean, they're tasting things that are bitter. We had Coors Light. Yes. You know, but I mean, <laughs> even as a kid, dude, I'm talking like, you know, like, there's so much more appreciation for funk, yes. taste, yeah. different things in their mouths. Yeah. They're willing to welcome in a lot more. And natural wines. And I, I, I praise them for that. You know, I, I think the elitism of wine and uh, all the snobbery is, oh, my God, I'm so over it. And so I, I love that these young People are trying all kinds of things, and uh, they have open minds, and some of them like big cabs from Napa Valley. Some of them like orange wines from Seattle, whatever. Yeah. And um, I like the open-mindedness, <laughs> the confidence, too. I love that they're confident, and they don't care if they're swirling correctly or spitting correctly. They're just drinking, and that's what it should be. You know, it should be very fun. I yeah. think we've lost a lot of that arrogance, haven't we, with wine? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, so. I know there's still, I mean, it's always going to be out there, just like everything. It's never going to fully go away. Right. But we move forward, right? Yes. We always just try to move forward, let whatever's behind us go. Amen. And, and you see it. You really see it. And you know what? I, I like At an event like this, I really see it. And it's really fun. It's fun to see the different uh, demographics of people that are here and the different experiences that, that they offer here. And we're talking about the world of Pinot Noir, oh. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were outside yeah. earlier. There's a DJ out there. He's bumping some beats. It's we're great. eating pizza. We're drinking wine. I mean, it's like they've really elevated this event. And, you know, you've, you've been here several years. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta give kudos to the folks that put this on. Absolutely. They, oh, yeah. Stacey, the team, Mikey, Lacey, the whole yeah, team. Yeah, I mean. They do a great job. So terrible, out. They are really doing a nice job with this event. And I'm always impressed every year that I come back. And. That it's casual. It's fun. It's not stuffy. Wine, I think, is intimidating, right? I mean, it was intimidating when I first got into it. It was why I shied away from it. And then when I was like, oh, shoot, you know, like, especially, I think, mean, being up in, and you know all about Paso, like, there's just such this, like, open arms, open heart, open mind, open book mentality where they, they let you come in. And I think it's the only way where a show like the Cork Dorks could yeah. have grown and have been, have been as successful as it has, and now the podcast. Like, I mean, it's really cool, and it's only because these people in this community, people like Lucas and Nicole, and even folks like you, I mean, like, you're very, you know, I think of like a wine writer, I go, oh my gosh, like, but you, I mean, 
the way you ingratiated me the years ago <laughs> that we first met. I mean, it's just that, that open heart aspect is really something kind of like forwarding that, that mantra that we're talking about. Just Let's Absolutely. just have fun. Let's just yeah. do this. You know? And that's what wine represents for me. I, yeah. mean, I, I think there's still a little bit of arrogance in the trade and among the collectors, but right. among customers, and those are my people. I don't see any arrogance. I like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Those it's so good to see. What's next for you? What's the next the rest of the year or next uh, couple months? Hopefully we... traveling to Willamette, you know. Okay. I, I mean, I tasted so many great wines from Willamette today. I, I really want to go there. I was inspired to do that Can today. Can you talk about that process if you've got a California palate? Because this is something that Adam and I had to go into because yeah. I call them dirty pinots forever. I mean, they're funky and they're weird. Yeah. Uh, but now I love them. Yeah. Uh, talk about that transition and what people have to get past to get there to enjoy those yeah. wines. You know, uh, for, for me, I'll, I didn't really have to get past much because I love people and I'm, uh, I love wines. And so I, I tasted a few from Willamette today and I enjoy the conversation so much. There wasn't really much to get over. I mean, it, it's different uh, flavor profile-wise and smell, but it's all beautiful. It's from nature. So you're seeing a different face of nature. Yeah. There's not much to get over. You just I have to open your mind. I think my favorite descriptor know? of Willamette Valley is kind of that forest floor thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so true. It's, it's, it's kind of... It's it's damp. It is. You know, it's yeah. foggy and yeah. it's it's cool and yeah. I don't know. It's really fun. Uh, Lucas, talk about uh, Haleotide. What's next for you guys? What do you see in the next couple of years? Are we going to continue cranking these out? Are we going to move in another direction? No, we're going to keep cranking things out. Um, still in the hundred cases per release for a few vintages because this takes a long time. This you know three or four years into Raj. That's wild. Plus, you know, eight to ten months in neutral barrel before. So it's a long process. Um, You poured us a white wine today. I did. Some Blanc de Blanc. Under the table. Absolutely. Love those. I mean, we feel really fortunate. Hearing the praise today and everything is so amazing. And then, like, coming to an event like this, we don't have wine to sell. It's already sold out. We save this because we want to, you know, we want to we have some exposure to new people, new yeah, customers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the trajectory seems like we're going to keep the same thing. We're going to stay small, hand done. Everything's still by hand. And we'll, we'll just have a few new vineyards coming out. And then there will also be possibly Blanc de Noir. And then uh, some friends are going to supply us with some Mounier this year. Oh, we love you, Lucas. Probably the bomb. Oh, appreciate what guys. you are Thank in you. What oh, a yes. pleasure to hang out yeah, with you and see you again. You Thank pleasure. you for joining us on the air. I think it's the first time we've had you on the air. It is. Yes. Yeah. And it's great to it. meet yeah, you. Yeah, you too. Lucas, you too. Oh, come on, man. It's oh. always fun to give you a hug. I know. I love it. This is like the best group. This oh, is so cool. Yes. I'm so glad we could be here again doing it, living our best life. Yes. It is the Court Dorks. We are here at the World of Pinot Noir. You had the in Santa Barbara. Cheers. Yes. Thank you. Put them Thank up. you. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That sounds good.